0: Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Greg Patton and Kerry Gordon continue their look at the enemies that are in today's church. And then a little later, Josh Davis and Larry Spargimino will have an update on our outreach to prisoners. Did you know that right now, when you give to Southwest Radio Ministries, your gift will be matched? You will double your impact and ensure that Watchmen on the Wall and all of our ministries will be able to bring clarity to the chaos for many years to come. Would you consider giving $90 in recognition of our 90th anniversary? Like all gifts given at this time, your support will be doubled and will go toward meeting the match. 1-800-652-1144 is the number to call and show your support for SWRC. You can also be part of the match by giving on our website, supportswrc.com. $90 in honor of our 90th anniversary. Thank you for your support of Watchmen on the Wall and Southwest Radio Ministries. Now, let's join Greg Patton and Kerry Gordon as they continue their look at the enemies that are inside today's church. We want to get
1: into a little bit about the church today and name some churches. I know that you hit pretty strongly, and you're not trying to pick on anyone, but the direction the Southern Baptist Church has taken. And I've been saved now almost 50 years. I've been at the same church 35 years. And we used to use the Sunday school program, the Southern Baptist Convention. They have done such a great job in the past So I'm a little confused as to what's happening today, and I'm praying that you can enlighten me and our audience today, Pastor Gordon. Absolutely.
2: Well, the the truth is, when we began our investigation and and looking at uh, claims and whistleblowers contacting us all over the United States, we traveled around for three and a half years looking into the allegations that were being made and, and, you know, not wishing to be bomb throwers or be bombastic, but to absolutely be truthful and obey the scripture and go to people that looked like they were getting off and give them a chance to talk with us privately first. We really worked very hard to obey those principles that Jesus gave us in the book of Matthew. Very often they wouldn't speak with us. Sometimes they did, but almost never did anyone recant or repent for some of the glaring errors that they had made. And What's happening in the Southern Baptist Convention is not unique to the Southern Baptist Convention. What we actually found during our travels is that this false gospel, the social justice gospel, has permeated just about every branch or sect of Christianity in the United States. There really are no denominations that are invulnerable to this. We found it in a few charismatic churches that are independent, we found it it's very strong in the lutheran church it's very strong in the methodist church very very strong in the episcopal church you can find it in just about every college bible college in particular of course you know secular colleges go without saying but almost every bible seminary and bible college has in some level been infiltrated with this false teaching and ultimately the false teaching is very simple the real gospel of the bible teaches that the greatest victim in the entire world was the Lord Jesus Christ, because he was perfect. And the second thing that the true gospel teaches is that all of us, you and me, we're all sinners, and we were the bad guys who contributed to the murder of that perfect man, who was the greatest victim. And therefore, we must repent. So this false social justice gospel it leaves young people believing that they are a victim it doesn't emphasize jesus is a victim they're the victim and everybody owes them an apology everybody should repent to them the irony of course is that you can never be forgiven by a social justice warrior you have to keep bowing you have to keep saying you're sorry you have to keep repenting for the color of your skin which is really just racism again and so there's no redemption there's no forgiveness And the people who are told to repent didn't really actually do anything. I don't know of anyone in America, for example, who's a slaveholder and who should therefore be punished and pay reparations to a slave or a family harmed by slavery. If I could find one person who actually owned slaves I would demand that they pay reparations immediately and then probably go to jail. But there is no one that did that. So what, what we're looking at is a false gospel that warps the scripture, takes the most sacred truths of who is the real victim. Well, it's Jesus, not us. Jesus is the victim. The real gospel says you've got to repent for your crimes. Not everybody needs to repent to you. This is permeated everywhere. But what we found was in the same way we saw the Episcopal Church crash in the 1960s and fall into apostasy in the Lutheran Church. That denomination probably 20 years ago began to... fall apart at the seams and we've watched so many once great denominations that god truly used in history to do beautiful wonderful things to shake the world and cause sinners to repent and come to christ many of those magnificent institutions have long fallen and been given up by those of us who understand the bible today and they're a lost cause but what was happening is when we happened to be filming The Southern Baptist denomination, or they don't like to be called a denomination, but that coalition of Southern Baptist churches was actively falling to pieces at the exact moment that we were traveling the country. And so it was chief on everyone's mind. Secondly, the Southern Baptist Church historically has been one of the most prominent influences in American politics during presidential elections. They've been a massive voice not always consistent for conservative biblical principles, but generally yes. And to see them fall away is another harbinger of the danger imposed upon the United States by another massive block of Christians being confused about what they believe and why they believe it and uh, approaching their voting booth in a way that's inconsistent with biblical authority. An example is uh, Al Mohler, who is someone I had admired for so many years. He had written and published so many beautiful things, so many great teachings and truths out of the Bible. And at one point, he even came to my town and I, I went and had lunch with him. And so I thought very, very highly of Al Mohler. And I'm not a Southern Baptist myself, but that doesn't mean that I don't admire Southern Baptist people and appreciate their great contributions to this country. And so I was just heartbroken to see that he had capitulated and backed away from biblical orthodoxy on how the scriptures have authority over human sexuality in particular. And he began to allow the woke movement to come into his seminary. He deliberately and systematically categorically platformed social justice preachers and people pushing racialism and weirdness and talking about things like white privilege and intersectionality basically cloaked with different words and a new glossary. But he became a passive, active participant in the wokening of the Southern Baptist denomination, and also men like Russell Moore. And we investigated this very, very thoroughly. And I would just say to my audience who are concerned, hey, you know, don't be mean. These are good people. I just want you to know I couldn't agree with you more. I've been attacked so unfairly all my life as a minister. The last thing I'd want to do is say something untrue. And that's why I can assure you that we've probably provided more primary source documentation and proof to back up our documentary film than you will ever see behind a documentary film in the rest of your lifetime
1: just joined us pastor Kerry gordon talking about enemies within the church something that you must have my friend and you can order it at swrc.com or call 1-800-652-1144 and get your own copy of enemies within the church it is an eye-opener I'm just kind of amazed, Pastor Gordon, that uh, there hasn't been any legal action taken against
2: you. You know why no one has ever sued us? It's because they know they'll lose if they do. And if we go to court, because everything we've said is true and can be proven, and you're only getting one thimbleful full of what we know in a movie, I can assure you we've got hundreds of hours of recordings. We've only, you know, we edited it down to two. But if we were to go into the process of discovery in the courtroom, it would just absolutely end some of these corrupt ministries. They would be done. No one would give them another dollar. So there's a part of me that sort of hoped someone would sue us, but no one has. And we've done our best to be as kind and loving and certainly biblical the whole way and calling people back to the authenticity of the real gospel of the Bible and we've asked people repeatedly, please turn away from this wrong teaching. We had one person that sent us an email, and we didn't even know if we could believe it. It just, it said two words, I repent. And I'm not going to say who it was. I can't remember how to pronounce their name at this moment. But it, it was hard to believe because they had been a, a pretty prominent voice in the intersectionality world. And that's uh, one of the false teachings. Intersectionality is basically taking the Bible and reinventing racism. Victim theology. And they sent two words to our email address. I repent. And so we thought someone's probably faking this. This isn't real. About a week later, that person published an article in their circles saying they were wrong and they had seen the light and that they understood they'd made massive errors. With a good heart meaning no harm. They had said things that weren't thoroughly biblical, and they really repented. Isn't that exciting? So, unfortunately, that that only happened one time with all the different institutions we dealt with so far. But I'm holding out to think that maybe others will follow, and that's really what we want. We just want people who've done wrong to repent. Get right, stop misleading God's people, get back on track, and we'll all forgive and love everybody and move forward. But we can't just sit back and watch the country destroyed with false teaching.
1: Amen. I mean, double amen. I think one of the things that's discouraging as I listen to you here, Pastor, is uh, names, Al Mohler. I have so many of his books, and I was listening to a program that I did three years ago where I was promoting— his latest book at that time, and saying what a great writer, author, and Christian man he was. Another Tim Keller that I've really been encouraged by and yes. read several of his works. This guy is on target. Why would they switch gears and kind of, I mean, I can't say, I've been, say, 50 years now. I've been in the same church 35 years, and, and you'd think they'd be getting stronger. What has happened that they would make a left turn like they
2: have? Why did Al Mohler do it? Now, that is an enigma wrapped inside of a mystery. I don't know why. I just wish he would repent because he's been such a great blessing to the body of Christ until the last five to seven years when he's made a deliberate shift to platform. And basically, he's the crack in the dam, and as far as I'm concerned, with uh, the Bible colleges and with the culture of the Southern Baptist Church in particular. He has deliberately allowed the water to leak through, and he knows what he's doing. It's a shame. I don't know why he's doing it. I, I have to assume, I guess, he really believes it's the right thing to do. But what's odd is then if he gets in a pickle with a conservative group, he'll, he'll deny it and say he's, he's absolutely against all the things that he helps establish. So your guess is as good as mine. Why does he talk out both sides of his mouth? Why does he play both sides of the fence? Machiavellian. Uh, that's the best word that pops into my head. When you have these dynamic communicators that do so many good things, you can see why people would overlook little hints of danger. Unfortunately, it reaches a crescendo in time when you can no longer overlook it, and this is that time. We can no longer overlook these formerly subtle errors and these great men who have done otherwise many wonderful things. They have to be held to account just like i do and just like you do we all have to be held accountable. we confess our sins one to another so that we might be healed that's what the bible says and we need accountability because we're not perfect i'm not perfect either and i've gotten myself in trouble over the years and said things i regretted and it's just part of being human isn't it and when we realize we've done wrong somebody calls us out and says hey this isn't right would you please make an adjustment why did you do that and then hopefully there's enough humility that they make the correction. And then the other is Russell Moore. You know, Russell Moore is a is a very established name in the Southern Baptist Church. He's the former president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission in the Southern Baptist Convention. He was announced as the new editor-in-chief of Christianity Today, so he has a lot of influence. Well, he's a lifelong democrat. His career was kickstarted by an, an internship I think it was in Mississippi or something, and I'm familiar with this because it was so shocking to me that he actually wrote when he was a younger man that he hoped to find a wife someday that was just like Hillary Clinton, and he meant it. He wasn't saying that to be funny. It sounds funny to me because I'm conservative and Christian. She's really the embodiment of so much Jezebelian evil in my mind. So that really shows you that his mind has kind of always struggled with leftism and Maybe for political purposes, I think guys like Tim Keller and Russell Moore, they really are leftists on some level, and they realize early in their career that in order to get around evangelical circles, they're going to have to change their language for political purposes so that they can flourish in the education system and Christian schools and get along with people who are rock-ribbed conservative Christians. And then they're able to cloak themselves, talk the talk, walk the walk, and get away with it, maybe for decades, until finally you look at what they're doing, as opposed to just what they've been saying, and you see problems. And that is true of Russell Moore. Russell Moore has been an active, usurpacious agent of political leftism inside the church for a long time. And unfortunately, I think someone got to Al Mohler at some point and turned him, and I think he really believes some leftist, humanist lies especially concerning homosexuality, and then once they go that way, if you deny the authority of the scripture over human sexuality, what's left? It's all going to come crumbling down. It's hard for people to have to deal with this, but some of the solutions that we really have in the name of Jesus and the power of the gospel are very practical, and it's like you start by not sending money to people who are doing damage to the body of Christ. And so that's one of the purposes of the film is to just get big donors to stop sending their money to the people who are participating in a massive wrecking ball against Americanism. I'll be the first one to tell you that the solution to America is probably not never going to be found in the Republican Party. It's definitely never going to be found in the Democrat Party. I think both parties are absolutely corrupt. So my motives are not political at all. My motives are biblical. I know the only solution for the future of this country is a revival and the preaching of the gospel. People have to be changed supernaturally by the born again experience where their sins are washed away. Their mind is touched and it begins to be renewed and transformed and and changed as they learn what the Bible teaches. They change their opinions and they become everything they're supposed to be in Christ. That's the only way you're going to save this country. The only way and the only person that can save America is not your next candidate for president. It's Jesus Christ. He's the only person who can save America. And we need the gospel, not people being Machiavellian and clever with their politics and their religious statements. Saying they're against leftism while they platform it inside their college. We've got to have people that get back to the basics and live it and do what they say. And if we have a revival breakout in this country again, where we're preaching against sin, people are feeling necessary guilt, repenting of their sin, experiencing the incredible forgiveness that only comes from God, where all their sins are washed away and all their guilt is removed from their soul. Until that happens, there's no saving America.
0: The complete two-day conversation with Kerry Gordon is now available on CD. Simply call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Enemies Within is a collection of two books and one DVD. The books by Billy Crone will equip you with the groundbreaking historical data showing how non-Christians have not only infiltrated the church today, but they are controlling it, turning it into a godless enterprise. The DVD entitled Enemies Within the Church is an educational, historical, and evidence-based movie that provokes a passionate return to Orthodox Christian faithfulness. Enemies Within the Church books and DVD are available today. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, and staff evangelist Josh Davis come now to share the latest on our gospel outreach to prisoners.
3: Luke 4, verse 18, tells us that Jesus came to preach deliverance to the captives. Jesus came to deliver those in bondage to sin and death. And for that, we are certainly grateful. I'm visiting with Joshua Davis, our staff evangelist. Joshua is going to give an update on our Onesimus prison ministry. Joshua, nice to visit with you.
4: Thank you, Pastor Larry. It's great to be with you again as well.
3: Well, you know, I'm very happy with the progress of our Onesimus prison ministry and truly grateful those who have been helping with this important part of our ministry. So Joshua, what does the Onesimus Prison Ministry do?
4: It's really a team effort from everybody at Southwest Radio. We do a lot by mail and by radio. And I do want to give a special greeting to all of the inmates who are listening to this program. There's not a week that goes by that we don't hear from an inmate who writes to us and puts the call letters of the station that they're listening to Watchmen on the Wall radio program on. So we extend a special greeting to our inmates who are listening, and we thank you for tuning in. We're glad to hear from you that Watchmen on the Wall has been such a blessing in your life. But beyond the radio program, the Onesimus Prison Ministry sends a newsletter out and it includes a devotional. It includes maybe some offer if we have some resource that we're able to send and that we can do that free of charge thanks to the many wonderful partners that we have, just like our listeners who will send in a gift as the Lord lays it on their heart and we can use that to minister to many through the mail. We get prayer requests on a weekly basis, and we write letters corresponding with the inmates, letting them know we're praying for them. We keep a running prayer list that we can pray over and so that we can minister to those behind the bars, and we can serve the Lord and serve them in the same way.
3: I used to be a volunteer chaplain with the Oklahoma Department of Corrections, and my my heart really goes out to prisoners, to their families. And just the thought that we're getting good gospel materials into their hands and helping them, that is wonderful. So, Joshua, what kind of response do we get from
4: inmates? Do you have some letters and updates from some of the inmates? Yes, I do, Pastor Larry. And, and what you said just goes hand in hand with what I wanted to share, the gospel aspect of this ministry And we get letters saying that people are being saved, lives are being changed, Christians are being discipled through the resources that we're able to send out. I do have a couple letters to let our listeners hear the kinds of things that we get to read and that we receive from inmates. Uh, One inmate wrote to us, and, and part of his letter says, I wanted to let you know all that you do for us as inmates is greatly appreciated. I've seen some of your books move some hearts to Christ. It says, since I've been here, I know of at least two inmates who fallen to their knees and accepted Christ as their Savior. And your resources have a lot to do with that. Again, mm-hmm. make no mistake, your ministry is working, so please keep it up. That's from an inmate who is a part of our Onesimus prison ministry. And just today, as I was going over some more letters and conducting some more correspondence through the Onesimus Prison Ministry, I came across this letter. And it's a great sample of the kinds of things that we get. It was responding to our newsletter. Every time we send out a newsletter, we get a great response from those that we minister to. He was asking for the resource that we offered that month, and he continued on. I very much would love to read the book that you were advertising. The Lord will return very soon like a thief in the night, and I need to study up during these final days. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it. May God rain blessings on you, anyone near you, and your wonderful ministry in friendship and in faith. And that's the sample of a letter that we get those kinds of letters constantly saying what a blessing it is, what an encouragement it is, what a refreshing that it is to those who are behind bars. I'm so grateful that we can have a small part in joining with the Lord and partnering together with you, our listening audience to minister to these folks who are behind bars. Thank you for helping us share the gospel and to disciple believers who are there behind bars as well.
3: Well, yes, we are truly thankful, and inmates have lots of time on their hands. So many of them express and experience guilt. They know that they've done something wrong. Some of them have families, have children. There are a lot of broken hearts, hungry hearts, open hearts that need the Savior, and praise the Lord that we are reaching out to them. And friends, you are helping us. The glory goes to God, but we have a privilege of ministering to these men and women, all for the glory of God. Now, Joshua, how can people partner with us in this ministry?
4: I love that phrase, partner with us, because that's really what it is. It's not just people who listen to Watchmen on the Wall send in money so that we can send resources. No, we all are co-laborers together in this ministry with the Lord, We're not doing this for the Lord, but we're doing this with the Lord. God has opened up this avenue. He is the one who is ministering to hearts. He's the one that is speaking to them. And we're just following Him by faith through this open door of ministry, as long as it remains open. And I praise God for that. But we just ask that people would, number one, pray for us. Pray for this ministry. Pray for the Onesimus prison ministry. Pray for those that we minister to. Ask God to continue to open hearts to his good news. You know, just like Onesimus was a runaway slave, and God, through his providence, lined him up with the Apostle Paul, the right person at the right place at the right time, and that led him to the Lord, and that brought restoration in relationship with Philemon, and so much more. And so we pray that God would do the same through this Onesimus prison ministry But beyond praying for us, pray for those that we minister to and prayerfully consider, if God lays it on your heart, how you can partner with us financially so that we can continue to minister through this open door as the Lord allows. Again, I want to say thank you to everyone who has responded in prayer and in financial support to the onesimus prison ministry and we encourage you to reach out to our ministry and if you'd like to give in support of this outreach of southwest radio that you specify this is for the onesimus prison ministry and we are grateful to you for partnering together with us in the work of the lord
3: What an encouraging word. I know the days are dark, but Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Thank you, Joshua, and thank you, friends, for helping us and partnering with us for the glory of God.
0: If you'd like to make an eternal impact in the life of a prisoner, please consider supporting the Onesimus Prison Outreach. You can designate your gift to the prison ministry when you call 1-800-652-1144 or when you give at our website, swrc.com. Also, be sure and get your copy of the Enemies Within Collection, two books and a DVD. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order the Enemies Within Collection today. 1-800-652-1144 Lord willing, we'll be back here Monday, ready to once again bring clarity to the chaos and head into the weekend with the encouragement that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and has been supported for over 90 years by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.